We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. For years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brook Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from an unapologetically conservative perspective. No wishy-washy rhinos here, I can assure you. I am your host, Brooke Says, conservative patriot, proud, deplorable columnist, which you can read on brooktalksamerica.com, that's with an E, or btaradio.com if you're lazy. Uh, be sure to connect on Facebook, Twitter, email, which is info at Brook Talks America. All of it is on the website, brooktalksamerica.com. And if you'd like to sponsor, uh, become a partner with the show, let me know. And obviously there is a donate button and, uh, and we have new merch in the shop. So check it out. Really cool Trump shirts and masks and everything like that. So, and I'm here with my co-host, Colonel Jim Warshuk who's the former deputy director for intelligence at U.S. Central Command, served on the White House National Security Council, and is currently the Hillsborough County, Florida GOP chairman. His article is also on uh, brooktalksamerica.com, and he also is on americaoutloud.com. So you know the drill, from hot topics to history, you can be sure if it's happening in America, I will be talking about it. And as you know, there is a lot going on in America. Uh, you can listen to archive podcasts of this show on my website, and also I'm on Captain's America Third Watch every Tuesday morning at 5.30 a.m. Colonel Jim is on every Wednesday morning at 5 a.m., both on this sale station, Salem Media Group, on AM860, The Answer. My article this week very important cultural event that happened, which is the smackdown of Cardi B by Candace Owens. It's called Candace versus Cardi B, the feud the culture needed. When Candace Owens called Cardi B illiterate in her interview with Ben Shapiro, Cardi B should have just said it out. Okay. Instead, she responded and opened up the door for Candace to give her the B-slap heard around the world, and I can tell you it was delicious. And the response on social media, even from people who don't like Candace, and I looked at all of it, shows that it was a beautiful red-pilling event for people who saw how pathetically the Democrats were pandering with having Cardi B interview with Joe Biden. The feud or beef, as it is called, the culture needs very important to start the conversations that will help move our country forward and in a better direction, and in fact, save it. Check it out on brooktalksamerica.com. So let's get to the jelly. We're joined today by Lucretia Hughes, who is the co-founder of Fallback Production Studio, uh, show host for Real News with Lucretia Hughes, and conservative activist for God, Family, Country, and Trump. She was a 2016 Republican candidate for the Georgia House of Representatives and currently serves as president of the Lanier Tea Party Patriots. She was one of the first on the Tea Party Patriot bandwagon and on the NRA Nominating Committee and NRA Outreach Committee, Georgia. She was honored by Speak Up Georgia for her contributions for the upliftment and advancement of the conservative movement. She was also named by the Who's Who Georgia Conservatives. She is a warrior for liberty and completely unafraid to speak her mind and speak up for what she believes in. And that's what we love about her. And with that, I'd like to welcome you to the show, Lucretia. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Brooke. How are you doing? Good. How about you? I am great. And hey, Colonel, how you doing? Hey, Lucretia, great to hear. I, I kind of showed my real self with them at the table when something slipped out of my mouth. And this was such a fancy restaurant. You know, you had the chandeliers and stuff. But I saw 
tentacles and something popped out of my mouth and I don't think they've let me lift it down. Oh my gosh. I think I blushed very hard. (laughs) You are too funny. Oh my gosh. Unfortunately, because of this coronavirus, the plandemic, that beautiful restaurant is actually closed. So we're hoping that it opens up really soon, the the Crystal Restaurant at uh, the Floridian. So Lucretia, you, I know that you're, uh, you know, making mischief in D.C. on the Black Lives uh, Matter Plaza, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But I wanted to get a little background on you. So you were once a Democrat who supported Obama. Um, yeah. Many people, you know, many people did vote for Obama. Uh, but what made you a conservative? What was it that turned you around? Me personally, it's just paying attention to politics. When I when I say politics and me supporting Obama, you know, I, I really didn't understand politics, but he woke me up to everything political. And I started paying attention. And that's the, you know, the Bill of Rights. And that's the Constitution. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, wait, some of your policies and, and what you're talking about goes not only against what our founding fathers gave us, but it also goes against my biblical principles. So it made me really back up and start paying attention and stop being so gullible and just looking at that smooth uh, sale, that snake oil salesman, and listen to what he was saying and do my own research. And it goes against pretty much everything that I, I, I believe in. You know, and I find that very interesting because I, I, I don't know that a modern, you're a Christian, so I don't know that a modern, a person who calls themselves a Christian now, I don't see how they can possibly vote for the modern Democrat Party. But at the time... Well, I don't really consider myself a Christian because you can look at that anyway. Nancy Pelosi is a Christian. Well... Christian. Mm -hmm. I am saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, and that is different. Well, yes, yes, I don't know how they can call themselves that, but they do. But the point is, like, they... The modern Democrat Party has eschewed everything associated with any kind of thing about God. They they booed God three times at their convention in 2016. They're not biblical yep. at all. They're antithetical. And in fact, you know, we're going to get into all this stuff. But at the time Obama was elected, he called himself a Christian, even though Reverend Wright was obviously nothing but, a, you know, nothing like a Christian either himself. And those were the people he associated himself with. But that was, you know, nowadays, I don't think. People thought they were Christians then, but I don't think people can say that they're Christians now. The Democrat Party is anathema to anything about biblical Christianity or anything having to do with Jesus. I'm going to wrap my life with him in a nutshell. He was a black man, and that's why I voted for him. Yeah. I didn't vote for his policies. I knew what Reverend Wright said. God damn. We know what Reverend Wright said. I should have woke up then because God gives you, he, he sends those warnings, and he sends what should be done, but if the scale is still on your eyes, regardless if you are Christian or not, until they fall off is when you start revealing. And Obama revealed the Democratic Party to me, because when I was 25 years old, living in Spartanburg, South Carolina, with four children, and I got tired of the drive-bys, and I, my, my boyfriend at that time was murdered, point blank by another young man, the 18th funeral I had went to in two years. Wow. I went to the Democratic Party. And I asked him to run because I got tired of seeing what was going on in Prince Hall and so Hartwell in the hoods of America. And they said I didn't belong there. Now, if you look back, hindsight is twenty twenty. I know why I didn't belong there, because I don't believe in what they believe. Right. And I won't tow a party line, even if I am a Republican, because I am part, I am people over party, not party over people. 
Right. Principle. I'm the same. I, I, I vote Republican, but I'm principles over party. And if you don't if you don't follow the principles, you know, I mean, Mitt Romney calls himself a Republican. So <laughs> he's about as Republican as like folk. He also calls himself a Mormon, but we see that's a moron. Okay? Yes. Very good. <laughs> so, you know, as I mentioned before, you were one of the early you were very early on in the Tea Party. How did that come about? Um, the Tea Party came about with the uh, the bikers, the veterans rally, to be honest with you. I started looking at the Tea Party and the Republican Party only because of Rush Limbaugh, only because of Neil Bortz. When they kept, I used to hate them. I used to be a truck driver, so we had plenty of time oh. to listen to the radio. So as I'm driving for one of the largest chip companies around, you know, of America, I had time to listen to AM talk radio. And that's when Bill Bortz and them was always saying, well, don't believe what I got to say. You do your own research. And it used to make me so upset. <laughs> and I used to be cussing and calling in and just giving it. But they weren't lying because they did give you the articles. They gave give you the sources. And they're telling you, do your own research. Find out the truth on your own and make your own mind up. And so, I darn, my life just took off from there. But what really made me upset and what woke me up and what made me go to Washington for the first time ever in my life painting my car was that the the veteran in Atlanta, Georgia, that walked out the VA hospital and he set himself on fire because oh he wasn't getting the help and the promises that was made to him. He wasn't receiving it. And having a son that's an Air Force vet, I'm not going to deal with that anymore. So it's God's family country, but I have too many veterans in my family. So that's so, it's so much stuff that got me to this point. Well, and you also, I saw a video of you. You were very angry about the, uh, what Nancy Pelosi said about the um, the Obamacare bill, if you have to pass it to see what's in it. When they started spouting that, you got to understand, even in history, regardless if they want to rewrite it or not, you got to think about the grandfather law that was on the books when it comes to voting for black people. We couldn't read. We couldn't write. We couldn't vote. We couldn't own property. We couldn't do any of this. But you were getting ready to take over the sixth of the economy, which was called Obamacare, and telling us that we would have to pass it before we know what's in it. That's just like telling anybody, slide a contract to them, sign this, but don't you read it. Right. That didn't make no sense. And I, I, I couldn't do it. You took over a sixth of the economy. That means people rights to make up their own medical decisions. That right there was a smackdown. And then you're going to perpetrate it by not even reading the piece of legislation that took over a sixth of the economy. Yeah. Not one Republican signed that law because it was a hot mess and a power grab. Just like what just happened with Rona and like taking away our civil liberties, which is the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, by quarantining the healthy with the sick. It's insane. That was a complete power grab. And within the last five months, if you've really been pulling behind that curtain and seeing what they've done, they have completely turned majority of what we call America into a new norm. I don't want to be China. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's how I feel. Well, <laughs> you always say it. I love it. Um, so when did you, were you always on for Trump? Were you always supporting Not, uh, Trump? Me? No. I'm just going to be honest. I wasn't for Trump. My first pick was Dr. Ben Carson because my life, not being a brain surgeon, because I'm not a brain surgeon. I will pick your brain. (laughs) But, um, you know, his background and who he is growing up in the hood, Mm -hmm. being raised by a single mom, you know, that whole aspect, being the first black person to ever um, 
to uh, separate conjoined twins, the, the strides that he made in life and who he was, and plus meeting him. I mean, literally meeting him, meeting him at the South Carolina Tea Party Convention and having a 30-minute talk with this guy. Of course, he was my first choice. But what changed my paradigm was the night of the um, debate, and Dr. Ben Carson was standing by, backstage, and he did not hear his name called. And you had saw Marco Rubio, and you also saw Jeb Bush pass him by without patting him on the back and telling him, hey, they called your name. The man that stopped and, and patted him on the back, on the shoulder, and shook his hand was Trump. But I've always been interested in a gold toilet of Trump since I was nine years old. And <laughs> my whole toilet. paradigm changed. I said, okay, not Dr. Ben Carson anymore, but that guy right there. Yeah. Well, and, you know, in, I was for Cruz. You know, I've, I've said this before. I was originally for Cruz because I'm I'm about conservatism. So, you know, I, I wasn't sure about Trump. I always liked his his boldness. I loved his not politically correct, but I loved his boldness on immigration, willing to say the things that he had to say on immigration. But in hindsight, obviously, there's no one, not a single person who could withstand who who had the courage to say what needed to be said, but who could have withstood any even a scintilla of what has happened since so he's obviously you know the perfect person for the job no question i got tired of uh i got tired of career politicians yes me too when i looked at president trump i looked at hey that's a businessman Mm -hmm. wait a minute he's never held political office before whoa his name isn't on any piece of laws and he's successful let's give him a chance since congress and they always run America like a business in the first place. And then when he started really talking, it clicked with me because he said the same things that my parents and my grandparents and my great-grandparents, he explained it. He got time to sugarcoat it. And if you don't like it, tough, he's going <laughs> to do what needs to be done. And no offense, he is from the rough house of New York City. Exactly. And he was everything that I, to me that I was looking for as an underdog. And that underdog is top of the world now. Uh, yeah, I love him. I mean, like I say, in hindsight, I, I, I was I have to say I was wrong about it. But I, I am so glad he is totally the right person for the right time. And he just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. They don't know what to do with this guy. And every time he's like he's like a nimble prize fighter. He just he just gets them every time. So you're in D.C. right now, as I mentioned, yeah. creating some mischief on the plaza. So good for you for that. You know, uh, I don't I can't believe she did that. I mean, I can, but I can't. So what's going on in D.C.? Right now, I'm literally around the corner from where the Black Lives Matter is written. I mean, um, painted on the road, which is stretched straight to the White House. So I'm, I'm around there. And, you know, seeing it on live, because I don't watch TV, I'm, I don't watch TV, um, just seeing it on video and Facebook Live and all these different um, points of view of the destruction I had that night. But to stand here, walk that road, look at those buildings, see that church, look mm-hmm. at that park. When I was up here February, at the same, pretty much around the corner from this place, to see how it has been destroyed and changed is heartbreaking. Yeah. It is I and, and Saria Ivy, who I'm up here with now, she's crying and I got tears in my eyes because I'm just rethinking of what I saw and the things that I have witnessed in the last four months, three months of all this stuff from Seattle to Washington to Atlanta to the destruction and the hatred. It's like it's just getting bigger now. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I believe it's it's a fight between good and evil and this demonic forces. I mean, these are th- this is demonic forces that are trying to do this to our country. 
You know, and they it's can't bring anything but darkness and destruction. And inside too. Yes. But not when we see it in our face. Not when you know the sorrows are behind it. Not when us normal people like myself can point out at blue and the fun yes. that they're doing into the deed. How how are they not in jail? Well, how do some of these people are not in jail? How is Hillary Clinton not in jail for Benghazi or bleaching or smashing 13 phones? Isn't that destruction? I ain't getting this. I'm going to need the colonel to help me because he's the one that's been in government. <laughs> how in the world I could get a ticket for jaywalking, but they ain't doing time and get more for half the stuff they do? Well, we're actually, I'm going to be getting into that a little bit later with him. And, and I I completely agree. The sentiment is very... Everybody is thinking the same thing, especially with all this rumblings about Durham. Um, with regard to two different things, with regard to the, the local people, I think some of them are getting arrested. And when Trump did the, you know, came out and said, you're going to have a federal charge, minimum 10 years, the little soy boys and the blue hair, you know, big girls start crying like the little babies, you know, the little priv- privileged babies that they are. So they stopped tearing down the statues once they realized that they were going to have to go hang out with Big Bubba in the big pen. So that was a good thing. But regarding the other thing, I just have to pray because he keeps talking about we'll see what happens. He knows what's happening. Barr is talking about stuff. And like I said, we'll be getting into that a little bit later. I wanted to ask you um, a one last question. You you know, with regard to BLM, I mean, the name BLM stands for Black Lives Matter. It's my opinion. And, you know, we've talked a lot and I and I write all I write about this all the time, particularly in this year. Every single thing from coronavirus to the lockdowns to the riots, somehow or another, Democrats think that black people want rioting and looting in their neighborhoods and all of that violence and destruction. So with insanity in their minds, they're actually doing everything that they can for the black vote, which they need 85 to 95 percent to, uh, you know, to, to vote for them. So the insanity is that they're doing all of this destruction, thinking somehow or another that voters want that. They're basically using the, you know, using that to manipulate black voters and everything that they're doing. And black lives what matter. What you're doing is, a- is manipulating them to be mad at you. You're black. You can't shout black lives matter and then go to a black community and destroy it. But they're you doing that. They're black insane. That is why you don't see black people in Black Lives Matter. That's the thing. Yes. Yes. It's like, a very small population. How? Yeah. So, look, I'm tired of mainstream media thinking they talk for black people. I'm tired of white, rich, white liberals black explaining to black people. <laughs> I am over all this. Yeah. I have had more black people wake up to the point that they've been played and we've been played for the longest. And now you want us to go ahead and do the new Negro experiment on us as like we are guinea pigs and uh, the Tuskegee Airmen. Mm. Something is going to come to a head. It, it's a problem. No, it, it's a good thing that now the Democrats are, have, are courting the black community. Because, the Republicans, like, you mean? said it. No, the Democrats. Uh-huh. Are, are, the, the black community is up for play. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's because so Trump is courting bad. them. It, no, no, it's it's bad because there's more of us coming out here on the forefront saying, "Hey, y'all, we need to wake up." Yeah, because we didn't play. And that's what you re- that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm seeing from a, a big stretch of black people is that we're waking up. And right now, we in black the black community is a very religious community in the first place. Yes, uh, the people that are here and the people that are are our age book are now the leaders that are talking to the other people. 
So you never see the goodness in the black community. You only see the bad because if they really showed the goodness and how the black community is waking up and banding together to get rid of a lot of this stuff, it would tear into the narratives that we are a perpetrative of victimhood. Yeah. And it's just not happening because the Gen Xers are in charge now. Yeah, well, and I, I definitely agree with that. I have said before, you've seen the movie Django Unchained? No, I'm not going to watch it. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> it, the, the thing about it is that it, in the movie, they, I've always said, you know, you got to watch it sometime, but that if if the black community wakes up en masse to what the Democrats have been doing to them, it'll make Django Unchained look like child's play. It's and you, No, well, you can put it in trading places because that's exactly what we're living in. You got Joe Biden and the Bernie Sanders and the Nancy Pelosi's of the world looking for that little poor little black person to bid on and bet with to see if they're going to change. This is the new trading places. Yeah. Well, I do think people are waking up and I and and I think that you have situations that that interview with Cardi B and Joe Biden really was another earthquake in the culture. And that's what Candace always talks about. It's a cultural earthquake that happened with that. And people, even that don't like Candace, you know, I wrote about this in my article, even the people that don't like her, vehemently don't like her, understand and were offended, and they should have been, by Joe Biden talking with her. And then you had, after that, the Despacito idiocy. So they're just, this guy is senile, and he's just exposing what's really underneath with the Democrat Party. And I think it's about time and I'm grateful that Trump asked that question, you know, and, and just reached out. He's the first Republican to do so. And I think it's about high time, you know, shame on the people that didn't do it before. But, you know, MAGA is for everybody. And that's what I always say. Yes, that's why we call ourselves the new breed of a conservative movement. Yes, yes. It's a MAGA party if for patriots. If you're a patriot, you're in MAGA. That's what it's all about. It doesn't matter anything else. If you're a patriot, you're MAGA. Well, listen, Lucretia, we definitely could talk for another hour for sure. Uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on. We are definitely, we're a little bit out of time. So thank you for coming on. Have fun in D.C. and keep red pilling there and everywhere. And we will talk soon, my friend. Love y'all. Love you. God bless you. God bless y'all. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim and our friend Lucretia Hughes. And you're on listening on AM860, The Answer, Salem Media Group. And we will be right back. More Brooke Talks America coming up. Back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by email info at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. Boy, the time goes fast. It's crazy. Um, in new news about the pandemic, aka China, aka coronavirus, you have no doubt heard and been thoroughly disgusted, as I am, about Nashville being accused of hiding the low numbers of coronavirus cases for the bars and eateries. I firmly believe that all the numbers are are skewed, right? People dying with something are classified as dying of it for purposes of politics. If you disagree with me, sorry, that's how I feel. And I think there's so much proof all over the place to show it. But so in Nashville, they, they showed... Um, that they had skewed the numbers and there was a reporter and he went in, he said, look, looking to see what sort of activity has been 
the emails were hidden and it says looking to see what sort of activity has been most related to new cases according to the email this uh, the response said he asked for time to pull the data together before writing this isn't going to be publicly released right just info for the mayor's office correct not for public consumption a month later, a local reporter asked the health department about a claim that there were only 80 coronavirus cases traced to bars and restaurants. He said, the figure you gave of more than 80 does lead to a, national, a natural question. If there have been over 20,000 positive cases of coronavirus in, in Davidson and only 80 or so are traced to restaurants, restaurants and bars, doesn't that mean restaurants and bars aren't a very big problem? So basically... This has shown that they were keeping the emails secret because they wanted to keep the people shut down and not expose the information. 100% this is going on all over the country. Okay, so you, you need to be investigating yourself and making sure that the people that are voting for you. Unfortunately, here in Hillsborough, the commissioners have now voted to extend the mask mandate further. The numbers probably aren't significant enough to have that happen, and yet these people have power and they're keeping doing it. So it just goes to show you, you need to vote for conservative Republicans, not rhinos. The other thing is that the head of the CDC, Robert Redfield, who once said we shouldn't wear masks, much like Fauci Fausto, who should be tried for treason, and I'll say it again, he should be tried for treason, okay, now says that masks are more important than a potential vaccine. You have to know, and remember I said this before, is that a, a, a motorcyclist who died in a motorcycle accident is classified as having died from coronavirus, right? These are the same people that put the old people into the nursing homes with coronavirus and ended up killing them. This whole entire thing doesn't make any sense. You have to even, it's a virus, yes. Is it dangerous? Yes. But the numbers are being skewed for politics from the beginning. This is the election year, 100%. I don't believe so much of what is happening. Unfortunately, these people have power, and, you know, we're in an election season. We have to work on that. But come 20, come the, after the election, vote for re conservative Republicans. It's not just enough for vote for Republicans. You need to make sure that these people understand they work for you, not the other way around. They need us. OK, so make sure when you're voting, you make your we have to change the matrix and make them accountable to us directly. Make these people here. I'm going to start putting up direct information on the Facebook page and on the Twitter and everything so that you contact them directly and make your voices heard every day, all the time. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, on AM860, The Answer, and we will be right back. More Brooke Talks America coming up. And yet another reason I long ago declared and have been proven right in my logical conclusion that the government school system is America's number one enemy. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. Not since the Civil War has there been such a large segment of Americans fighting to maintain a modern day form of slavery and destroy our constitutionally limited, exceptional nation way of life. The continued allowed onslaught against our cities, businesses, private homes and law abiding sovereign citizens by enraged Marxist 
Black Lives Matter members and their Antifa comrades were fueled by multiple generations of Americans being systematically indoctrinated against every aspect of civilized society. The angry mobs complained to high heaven about various issues, but their solution is not to solve the issues and to make authentic improvements. No, not at all. The Marxist BLM matter and Antifa comrades hate the United States and are pushing to destroy our America and make matters much worse. The bottom line is if you train up a multiple generations to hate and seek to destroy their own nation, they will seek to do just that. The time has come to stop government school indoctrinators in their tracks before it's much too late and demolish their darkness with the light of truth. Our good way of life depends upon that. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out theronedwards.com. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Check out the blog at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. And Ron is absolutely right. That's the Ron Edwards notebook. And, um, you know, speaking of BLM, BLM is not really working for Democrats anymore. Apparently it was working for a time. They got a lot of money. So that's still working for them. But it's not working for them. The polling is really down. I don't understand, frankly, how they had high polling because Americans don't really want devastation and destruction and pulling down statues and rioting and looting and destroying businesses and killing people. So I'm not sure where they had the high polling, but I think it stems from the fact that every single person who saw that video and the of, of George Floyd death, the first video... Okay, there have been many videos. The whole video was not shown at the time. So the subsequent videos and screenshots and everything show different pictures. But the original thing, the irony is that the whole entire country was unified in horror. Left, right, Democrat, Republican was horrified. So how they managed to get away with the abject blitzkrieg that they did is stunning. But it's not working for them anymore. And Bill Maher talked about this on his show. I'm not down with this. Properties on the table as something we can just take because things are not right. Where is this mass destruction of property happening right now? Like, if you look at... you watch the news? If you look at Portland, it's two square blocks. There is a view, and it's in the media. Please, I know you've seen it. (laughs) Don't look at me like I'm making this up. (laughs) That somehow this is a justifiable approach. Well, isn't in part of protest? I mean, isn't that what... So you're part of this. You believe it. (laughs) There was, I saw this guy who had a Papa John's franchise and he was yelling through his broken glass, you're going to elect Trump and I'm just trying to feed my family. I don't think his view was just like, c'est la vie, it's yeah, just I, property. Yeah, and that moron, that woman, guarantee you she probably lives in a gated community. She has security. She lives in a nice, safe neighborhood. She would not be saying that just like any of these. She's another white liberal. They're the worst. She would not be saying this if the people were the marauders were going into her neighborhood where it has happened every single time. Okay, every single time, even Beetlejuice in Chicago, she was she was getting extra security and she was upset when they came after her because the mob always eats itself. You know, you're you're not safe. You're never woke enough. So she's a moron just like the rest of them. It's very easy to sit back on the sidelines and I think we're being hunger gamed with these people. They sit on the sidelines in their safe community and they're behind gated walls and everything and talk about how it's not so bad when it's in other people's neighborhood. Okay, it's the NIMBY approach, right? I want them to come in her house. And I think someone should dox her. Just saying. So 
the defund the police movement, which is a bowel movement, uh, it's stupid and idiotic. And that was one of the things that came out of this. Somehow or another, you know, like I said, it was an approach to the black community. Somehow or another, they, you know, the Democrats think that people don't want, they want more crime in their neighborhood. So that genius idea that came out of this Soros thing is another thing that's causing people agita because, again, the geniuses that call for these idiotic policies when it comes to their communities, not so great. So this is what the people in Minneapolis, the original, you know, the, the original site of all of this chaos and destruction when the, uh, the, the soy boy mayor let them burn down the precinct and then the rest of the city. Now they're talking about this when it comes to, they're actually shocked. I mean, can you imagine they're actually shocked that there's crime in Minneapolis as a result of defund the police? All that money has been going into the police department, and what have we gotten in return? Pain, trauma, and hurts. It is time for us to get behind community and get behind the strategies that we know work. At a meeting this week, the same city council that voted to defund the police demanded answers from the police chief. Why weren't the police doing more to stop criminals? Watch. I would appreciate some more information on how we're addressing the carjackings. I know that there's uh, been a number of them in the community and they've really terrorized residents. Gun violence, um, drug dealing, intimidation, um, extortion. People are having to, to, to pay to get out of their alleys. Last night, I had yet another 17-year-old murdered in my ward. Um, I would say that uh, I don't have an exact number, but it's been at least five 17-year-olds have been murdered in my ward. Yeah, these are the geniuses that, that complain about defund the police, and then they're actually shocked. One of the things, you know, Candace had an interview with Dave Rubin, and she mentioned something that makes sense. Somehow or another, these, th- these people think that human beings are perfectible. If you just, you know, hug them enough or do something that people are not going to actually be, that if you, like, if you take away the guns, there will be no, p- people won't use them, right? So the principle is that, that people are perfectible somehow or another. It's a utopian idea. It never happens. In fact, when you take away the guns, when you outlaw guns, only outlaws have guns. It's human nature. People are, like, wicked by nature, right? They just you know, seek to find their way. So this is what happens. These are the people that are going all over the country. And by the way, you know, I want to talk about, uh, talk about this happen is uh, these are funded by Soros. These crazy initiatives are all funded by George Soros. And this week you, you might have seen it where Newt Gingrich was on Fox. I think it was on the, the outnumbered show. And he was talking with Melissa Francis and Harris Faulkner. And he was talking about the reality is that a lot of this stuff is funded. BLM is funded by Soros. Antifa is funded by Soros. And all of these myriad of other organizations that are all funded by Soros. Okay. And somehow or another, when Gingrich talked about it, they shut up. And I find it very interesting. I want you to listen to this clip. See who's running the strings, pulling the strings at Fox now. Look, the number one problem in almost all these cities is George Soros elected left-wing, anti-police, pro-criminal district attorneys who refuse to keep people locked up. Uh, Just yesterday, they put somebody back on the street who's wanted for two different murders in New York City. Uh, You cannot solve this problem, and both Harris and Biden 
have talked very proudly about what they call progressive district attorneys. Progressive district attorneys are anti-police, pro-criminal, and overwhelmingly elected with George Soros' money, and they're a major cause of the violence we're seeing because they keep putting the violent criminals back on the street. I'm not sure we need to bring George Soros into this. I was going to say you get the last word, Speaker. He he paid for it. I mean, why can't we discuss the fact that millions of dollars... I I agree with Melissa. George Soros doesn't need to be a part of this conversation. Isn't that the weirdest thing you've ever heard? What are they covering up for? That... That shows you right there, Fox is kind of losing its mind. But why does a news network now, Jim is going to talk about this because I didn't hear that apparently they apologized to Gingrich. But why is a news organization? Here's the thing. This is why they shut you up if you talk about Soros, because he's Jewish. So what? It doesn't matter if he's Jewish, if he's anti-American, subversive, making sure that communists are in place all over the country, letting out criminals to maraud over the country. Who cares what religion is? If he he was Christian, I'd say the same thing. He shouldn't be doing that. And he should probably be, you know, other countries won't even let him in there. I don't even know why he's allowed to do this. But it's very, very concerning to me as an American citizen that a news organization is shutting down another American citizen who's telling the truth about what. George Soros is doing, and he's absolutely doing this. And this business about no cash bail and everything like that has to be stopped. Jim, this is outrageous. What do you think about that? Well, (coughs) that's exactly right. And what Newt Greenwich did there was expose, once again, who George Soros is and what he's about. The big shock is the fact that Fox News tried to stifle Gingrich in his commentary about George Soros. They later went back and apologized, but the cat was out of the bag, so to speak, and people are realizing how Fox News is being manipulated by the political left. And, you know, there's been a lot of discussion on that. And I think this is going to uh, show how much uh, cover there has been, as you said, against Soros, and and he is being exposed more and more. And I think in the coming months, that's going to be seen. So, I'm glad that Newt was able to point out that. And we've seen it right here, even in Tampa, where we have a state attorney, and I'll say it, Andrew Warren, who has been funded by George Soros in uh, 2016 when he was elected. And this is happening all over the country. Yeah. And speaking of that, thank you for mentioning that, Andrew, Warren, uh, because we have an election coming up in November. You must vote for Mike Perotti. Do not vote for Andrew Warren. You have to vote for the Republican. We need to get all purge all of these Soros people out of the country because they are letting criminals out and they are endangering the rest of society. So absolutely. You are listening to Brook Talks America here with Colonel Jim on AM860, The Answer, Salem Media Group. And we will be right back. More Brook Talks America coming up. Welcome back to Brook Talks America. Visit on Facebook. Search Brook Talks. And now your host, Brooke says. 
Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim on Salem Media Group, AM860, The Answer. Be sure to go to my Facebook page, Brooke Talks. Tell me what you think. Email info at Brooke Talks America with an E on Brooke. Go to the website, Brooke Talks America, to read all the articles. Um, I want to follow up. I just want to follow up on this BLM issue for a minute because one of the things that Trump did was do an EO on not having the 1619 project in schools and that totally or in federal bureaucracies but i think they're going to go into schools next that totally made the left lose their minds this is really really important stuff tucker has been talking about this glenn beck has been talking about that on his shows really getting deep in the weeds and i'm going to have a guest on in a few weeks talking about this as well is um this this anti it's in the name of anti-racism is actually extremely racist the, I, so i want there's a this not my idea book that is being talked about where children are being taught that their parents are racist it's really in racism in the in in the name of anti-racism is really sick and insane i want you to listen to this clip this was actually um max eden from the manhattan institute on tucker talking about blm in schools how common is that lie in our schools yeah, well, I think it, this really ties into the 1619 project, uh, which, you know, you discussed the falsehoods of it, but I think the audience needs to realize this isn't just being adopted in major school districts. Teachers are taking it into their own hands. And the true purpose of this, according to Nicole, uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones, is to advance reparations. Uh, it's about this critical ideology that takes things that you and I and most Americans think are virtues, things like the nuclear family, things like... Uh, a sense of urgency, delayed gratification, defines them as whiteness and tells your kids uh, that it's your job to dismantle white supremacism. This is the kind of thing that the Smithsonian, that white paper that we talked about uh, from the Smithsonian talked about, hard work is whiteness, that should be offensive to everybody in the country. That is so stupid and it's it's insane, but this is what they're pushing. And the problem is, is that they're this is why they want kids. This is why they want pre-K. The Democrats want pre-K because they want to have hold of your kids. They want to manipulate the minds of your children. Parents, you need to pay attention to this. Know what your kids are reading. That not my idea book. Make sure they're not reading that. Thank God Trump, as I mentioned, uh, he came out with this week and he's talking about how he has a 177 commission. 1776 commission and is abolishing critical race theory um and yes we're going to talk about ruth bader ginsburg because obviously but jim i want you to talk about that a little bit with that eo that trump did and talking about it this week with uh, well, that's woodson's program right and the eo was put out about a week ago and it basically said nowhere within the federal government will critical race theory be used as training for employees that's the first step. And as you mentioned, the step, second step will certainly come from the Department of Education. And I am really praying hard that uh, Becky DeBoas push, pushes this down through the school systems because that's where it's got to stop. And as you mentioned, this is all about indoctrination of the youngest starting at preschool. And that is the left's plan. Their whole effort is to destroy the functional nuclear family. This is Marxist doctrine holding that America is wicked and racist as a nation. That is what this whole 1619 program that is being or project that is being pushed is all about. And I keep saying, um, remember 
1619, America wasn't America. America was a British colony. We did not become a nation officially until 1776. And that's why Donald Trump has started the 1776 project to re- direct us back to what our original founding was all about, the Constitution and what our founders, how they implemented and designed America to be. We have been victims of a push over the last 20 plus years, maybe 30 years of revisionist history, and that's what the left has been doing all along. Well, and someone said, I don't remember who said it, but they said we didn't actually win the Cold War in a sense because these people... We, we might have won it militarily. We didn't have to go to war over it. But we lost it because the same people that were trying to get us then have now just infiltrated the schools. It was Russia then and, the, and the, you know, the Soviet ideology. Now it's China. I mean, thank God Pompeo shut down the Confucius centers and everything. But this is all communism that has infiltrated the schools. Back then it was, you know, it was heirs. All of those 60s radicals like that have infiltrated the schools from top to bottom. And they're trying to get you know, trying to infiltrate, um, indoctrinate the children. So again, you really need to know if you're a parent who has any age children, really, but especially little kids, what are your kids being taught? And now you can look at it because they're, if they're being taught online. So we have to talk about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, obviously, because now we're in a, you know, we're in the election, so close to the election. And, and that's just dropped a Moab into the campaign. So you know, what do you think? You think that she should go, that Trump should go forward and nominate the her replacement? They're losing their minds over that beyond. They're well, saying they're going to burn everything down if he does. But, you know, they would do it 100 percent. Even Democrat Brian Dean Wright said they would totally do it. So what do you think? Oh, absolutely. The president has the authority is elected to uh, fill vacancies on the Supreme Court. And he has the Constitution behind him to do that. The Senate which is led by Republicans, has the authority and the Constitution behind it to fill that vacancy. You know, this effort by the political left and the Democrats and whoever else, the mainstream media, saying that, well, the president should wait until after the election, that is total propaganda on their part. They're trying to convince the American people and sway the American people to uh, cause the president to wait until after because they're hoping that by chance they could win the election and they would have a say in it. They're also trying to uh, curtail this effort because they know uh, who President Trump will nominate and they still haven't had the opportunity to put forth their list. I say, let us see who is on their list. Trump has a long list, even though we know pretty much it will be Barrett who he will pick. But we want to see their list and we want to have the opportunity to vet the people on his list or on Joe Biden's list. Uh, he probably doesn't know one single person who's on his list. And and they're scared to death that Trump is going to win this, and I think he will. Well, and, you know, the thing that's so interesting is that they they always say, oh, well, you know, they're, they're showing now all these videos of, I think it was um, Lindsey Graham saying that he shouldn't, that we shouldn't do it. I think it was in 26, it was before McCain died. So now things are different. I think he would do it. But the videos of them saying, well, we shouldn't do it before the election. We shouldn't do it during the election. But isn't it interesting because Chuck Schumer had a mocking tweet that comes out. And that's the thing they don't understand. We can find stuff that's on the Internet, too. Mocking the GOP, saying, hey, GOP, Demo um, 
Senate has confirmed 17 judicial nominations during an election year. So they would do it, first of all. Second of all, they have mocked us in the past for being against something that they wanted to do. Second of all, thank you, Harry Reid. Because if it wasn't for Harry Reid, they would need more than 60 votes. So when you tinker around with how things work, you're going to have it bite you in the behind later on down the road. But they're really all they can think about is, and this is just sad, is that all they can think about is the possibility that Roe v. Wade goes away. So they're going to burn down the country because it's already, a lot of people have already said, well, we'll burn it down if they push someone through for the for the right to kill babies. So it's it's pretty astonishing. But... You know, what do you think it does for the polls? Because I, when I first heard about it, I was kind of, I was obviously in total shock. I mean, I really didn't even sleep last night. But whether it's helpful or hurtful to the Republicans, because already you have Murkowski that's not going to go for it. Will this galvanize the Republicans more or the Democrats more? Because, I mean, people that even don't like Joe Biden are going to be galvanized over the, on the left over the issue of abortion for sure. Well, that's exactly how they look at it. They look at it from a standpoint of this is all an abortion issue, and they're scared to death about that, when in fact it is more a constitutional issue. And I have to go along with... It should be. Exactly. I have to go along with um, Senator Ted Cruz, who last night said, you know, if we delay, if if the president doesn't go forward with it, he creates a it creates a situation of he used the word constitutional crisis if the seat remains vacant, and I think the president realizes that. And that's because of the election. Exactly, and the other thing again, as I said earlier, you know we had um, we and I just need to mention this we had Barack Obama come out and said well we didn't we didn't we waited in 2016, and the reason we waited is because uh, the Democrats did not have the power in the Senate. It's different this time. The president has the power. The Senate has the power. They're scared to death that Trump is going to do this. And I think we all know Donald Trump is not going to let this situation go to waste. He's going to step up probably by midweek and go for his nomination and push for the Senate to push it through. And it'll be uh, the problem of of a few, rep- few Republicans in the Senate, if they wait or if they waver on it, the problem will be theirs in the long run. Well, it'll be very interesting, I have to say. Trump, what he should do is either say, I'm going to go forward or you give me everything else that I want. No DACA, no amnesty, open the country, tell all of your minions around the country, stop killing small businesses, and maybe you'll have something. He should. He has all the cards, and I think it's great. Stay tuned. Join us next week. Thank you for listening. This is Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim. Go to the website, Brook Talks America. Check out the Facebook page. Email me if you have any questions. We're see you next week. You've been listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says connect by email info at brooktalksamerica.com. By Twitter at Talks America. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860, The Answer.